Welcome to Status. On the show today, we are going to have a conversation about the changing ecologies of war and humanitarianism. Um, Jonathan and Omar, welcome to Status. We are glad to have you today with us. Can you please tell us a little bit about yourselves? We'll start with Omar. Uh, Omar Dewachi, I'm, uh, I work at the Faculty of Health Sciences at the American University of Beirut. I'm a physician and anthropologist. And uh, I'm also uh, one of the coordinators uh, of the Conflict Medicine Program at the American University. Jonathan? I'm Jonathan Whittle. I'm the Head of Humanitarian Analysis for MSF, Doctors Without Borders. So I coordinate a research reflection analysis uh, unit that works on uh, analyzing the, the kind of environment in which MSF's medical operations, medical projects are taking place and identifying the challenges and, and kind of research and practical operational solutions to addressing some of these, uh, these challenges. So we look at analyzing the humanitarian aid system, conflict dynamics, issues around access to, um, for medical teams into, into certain uh, conflict areas, uh, and refugee migration uh, dynamics and issues. Wow, article half here. Okay, um, can you, uh, both of you, actually tell us about, uh, about um, the, the conference, the two-day conference that was organized uh, by MSF and AUB's Faculty of Health Science that was uh, held a few days ago here in Beirut. Uh, I believe uh, you both were uh, partnering mm -hmm. on organizing yes. this workshop. And yes. so, so, so basically the conference really emerged out of uh, conversations that we've been having mm -hmm. uh, at AUB and, and the MSF. Uh, partly through uh, uh, what uh, we uh, established a while ago called the uh, War and Global Health Working Group that was kind of an open group of people, anyone interested in questioning global health issues, the kind of the, the new state of, of war in the region and how it's changing and the kind of uh, medical, psychological and social ramifications of of illness, and we're kind of a group of social scientists, epidemiologists, doctors, uh, even physicists, uh, uh, just uh, uh, having really starting conversation and 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 about these issues. And Jonathan was one of the people that we uh, reached out to, and we met, and you know, we we had similar wavelength and thinking about uh, we were thinking on the on the same wavelength, I guess, uh, on on some on these issues. And, uh, and at some point, uh, we, uh, uh, Jonathan approached uh, uh, me and, and we uh, uh, decided to, to organize a, a conference based on some of the work that, at least that I've been writing about and uh, others have been working on at AUB. Uh, to de design a kind of a, a concept note and a conference mm. for MSF that uh, brings in uh, uh, empirical questions that the organization and other humanitarian uh, actors are dealing with on the ground and ones that we at AUB at least as a group of, of researchers and practitioners are act also thinking about at, at uh, okay. a deeper level. So that's how it started and it, it also came in a very interesting context or at least an interesting time where the attacks on MSF hospitals had, had uh, already happened, the investigations were coming out, and, uh, uh, and the United States Security Council 
resolution almost happened one day before the conference uh, around these issues. So, uh, so the uh, I guess I can kind of elaborate a little bit more on the themes of the conference uh, that we decided to to uh, to work on. So the conference uh, started from the point of the 40, uh, 40 years of MSF working on, in, in conflict areas. And uh, it, uh, it tried to, uh, to uh, look through that history, at least. It wasn't really looking at the history of this, of MSF, but actually, given that history and given the current moment of transformation in, in warfare and in the nature of war and the nature of humanitarianism, what I have, uh, what we've called, at least in the conference, the ecologies of war and humanitarianism, because one of the things that we were uh, we were uh, uncomfortable with is the notion of crisis, is defining what's happening in the region as a as a crisis, and in in many sense, a lot of these uh, re- a lot of these places have been going through protracted forms of conflict, of war, different war. There is a whole history to the region that that gets completely obscured when you use the language of crisis. Of so what we were thinking is that at least the idea of an ecology of war, uh, something I've been teaching on, something I've been trying to write about and and and, and kind of uh, even define in, in in my work, uh, is to is to. Uh, is to begin to understand what is really this relationship between the historical, the biological, mm. the social, and the and the kind of the humanitarian infrastructures that are being mobilized into the region. Awesome. So thinking about this idea of an ecology of war and humanitarianism was a very productive way to to look deeper into these questions, not as an in, only just within the immediate sense, but to look at them. In a, in a much more historically focused and more also globally focused. I mean, as in the conference we had people who really looked at the history of capital, mm. transformation of capitalism, mm. transformation of, uh, of international organizations, laws, ethics around these issues. So, so that was really one of the, 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 the ways to, to speak to the questions that are happening on the ground. And the conference had four themes. Okay. The main, the first theme was the uh, changing landscapes uh, and histories of humanitarian aid. And this is maybe, I mean, Jonathan will speak to you about that. He was definitely one of the people who pushed that uh, these questions as part of his work. Uh, there is another, the uh, second theme was the, uh, uh, the uh, uh, attacks on uh, healthcare, on medicine, uh, and then to think about about some of the emerging problems and specifically the limits of the of the legal debates mm-hmm. and the international humanitarian mm-hmm. law around this issue. Can we go beyond that? Where is the limits of the law mm-hmm. or the international law within these kind of contexts? And and, and 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 what does it entail now when we have uh, the, that the the humanitarian aid workers and those who are on the ground are being hit just like the terrorists? Just like that, I mean, they're they're even considered as complicit with the terrorists when they're treating them. So the notion of neutrality within medicine has been questioned, and that was kind of one of the themes that we were trying to address and question through through this uh, through this theme. That the the third theme was a, uh, the response to populations on the move. Mm-hmm. How do you really deal with massive one of the largest movements of population in in, in the history? of uh, the recent history, modern history, and the complexity of it. 
we don't necessarily we're not necessarily just dealing with populations being put all in humanitarian camps we're dealing with urban forms of displacement mm -hmm. people moving into cities people moving into renting mm -hmm. kind of uh, different aspects of the city the Syrians the Iraqis we have also overlaying that is other kind of uh, modes of displacement we have mm -hmm. the Palestinian mm -hmm. uh, populations so what happens when people begin moving because of war and seeking care mm -hmm. in different kind of settings and how do you really even begin to map or at least respond to that or create a, 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 a decent or a, a, an equitable system to address these kind of because issues. It's not a separate case, it's a massive phenomenon, a historical exactly. human migration. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, so you know, we have a migration within the region. We have, you know, of course, the the biggest the biggest crisis in Europe about the the, the movement of refugees uh, displaced into Europe. Uh, so we are saying that these things again they are grounded in historical uh, uh, understanding. They are also we need to 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 change the language that we mm -hmm. need to that we are speaking. Uh, how do we speak about these populations? And of course, you know, one of the things that that even with the focus on, let's say, the Syria crisis, there are other uh, other uh, 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 movements of Iraqi patients, for example, yes. yeah. coming from Iraq to Beirut to seek healthcare because of the collapse of their of their system. So we're looking at the complexity uh, complexities involved in this in this kind of mobility, and people were really addressing addressing these different aspects. And the and the final theme of the conference was emerging global health trends, mm. which basically addressed uh, at least some of the uh, the problems that. That uh, some of the new diseases almost emerging in this in this uh, settings of war and the capacity and incapacity to respond to them and specifically we focused at least on 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 a very much on a, a, a theme that has been really eclipsed by the focus on the and the refugees which is the rise of multi drug resistance. Uh, uh, bacteria of, that are affecting hospitals and are affecting wounded individuals, uh, and 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 the kind of the problems that comes that are entailed in this. So there has been new cases of new uh, disease coming out that don't have uh, the, the 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 medicine to, to deal with it. Yes, I mean I can love, we can talk more about that maybe later okay, on. But uh, but one of the things that I, uh, that we wanted to look at is also things not only these uh, diseases, but let's say polio, the polio. Uh, poliomyelitis, a, mm -hmm. a disease that causes kids and actually had been relatively uh, eradicated mm -hmm. in, in this region because of the, uh, say in Syria, it was partly because there is a regular campaigns for vaccination okay. over time. Okay. But now with the, with the conflict, there have been emerging cases. These cases, they were uh, threatening Iraq. Uh, they okay. were th there were responses here in Lebanon okay. around that. And then, of course, the bacteria, the new bacteria that are emerging that are resistant to antibiotics. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and, and, you know, many other conditions. I mean, we just, we were not necessarily, the conference wasn't comprehensive right. dealing with everything. Right, of course. Uh, but the point was is to say that we need to begin to open our eyes and be vigilant about what's coming out and we need to understand it in a much more evidence base. So it's not just to uh, pontificate about it in a way up from a, a top-down approach but to really do empirical yeah. research and to do uh, serious analysis in this region because in a way if you want to do any kind of serious work about conflict 
about war, about uh, the changing nature of, 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 of the kind of social condition that mm -hmm. we're experiencing here, we need to start from, from the ground up. So that's basically my that was the the idea of the conference, and I think it was pretty clear that, um, that many of the participants found the themes very relevant, and there was a very good conversation going on. This is what intrigued me. Sorry, is that uh, I, I saw that MSF teamed up uh, with, with the let's say the professors and the players on the ground. It's like the minds and the people who have the direct access uh, to to the conflict zones and so on. Where does uh, MSF fit into this? Right. So no, this is the this this for us was the exciting the exciting thing was I mean firstly the the, the ones that were involved from from AUB side mm -hmm. are also are also uh, practitioners in the in the issues that they're dealing with. So you have uh, I mean people like Hassan Abu Sitta who are who are uh, you know are, are very active uh, in their in their field as, as surgeons etc. And and I think that's that was the unique thing about doing it in Beirut as well is that we you can't I don't think we can separate. Uh, thinking about these issues from acting on these issues when we're, when we're in this region. I think that's a luxury of viewing the, these problems from a distance <laughs> that, uh, that you can so easily separate the reflection and the critical reflection mm. from the, the need to develop uh, you know, concrete, uh, concrete outcomes that, that provide something tangible in terms of, of a way forward. So that for me was, was something that was really nice about bringing together the the kind of frontline, if you like, experience of, of MSF and others that were involved in the conference. Not looking at MSF as a unique case per se, um, but uh, as a kind of indicator or, or what you've diagnostic, uh, what you've yeah. referred to as a diagnostic. Yeah. But it feels of, like MSF um, has been swimming against the tide recently, especially <laughs> after the bombing of hospitals. Right, and that's where this, this, the discussions that were that were held were so were so critical for us because I think so we we chose this moment to to organize these these conversations because it was forty years of working in conflict and the first time MSF opened a, a, a project in a conflict environment was Beirut, nineteen seventy six. Yeah. Oh, wow. okay. So it was a moment for us to kind of pause after 40 years of, of working in conflict to, to, uh, to reflect on the contemporary challenges that we're facing. But also to do that, acknowledging that in those 40 years, what we've learned is that humanitarianism or, or healthcare in conflict is never going to be uncontested. It's always going to be challenged. It's always going to be uh, under attack to a large extent. So the, the, the attacks on, on healthcare uh, and healthcare workers is not necessarily a unique uh, problem for, for, for MSF, for health workers. But there is, there is a unique moment in the sense that we felt at this moment, at this, in this point in time at least, that what we've experienced is in a way unprecedented in the past months as, as Doctors Without Borders. Mm -hmm. We've had uh, medical facilities hit in Yemen, in Syria, and Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. So whether we can say it's more or, or less than in, the in, than in the past, if we look at healthcare in, in its totality, mm -hmm. uh, maybe not. But for Doctors Without Borders, it's a significant moment for... for for in terms of the attack on, mm -hmm. on health uh, on healthcare, and those attacks are happening in many ways as the kind of uh, what we've discussed before as well, Omar, this kind of ultimate expression of the with us or against us uh, approach to right. fighting right. Uh, to fighting right. war. Right. So you criminalize an enemy. Um, if we see it, we see it in Afghanistan. We see it in Syria. An enemy is is entirely criminalized. And then the doctors that provide treatment to that enemy are criminalized by extension. Um, and, and the kind of implication then of healthcare into the conflict dynamics, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's something that's, that's been a, a very concerning trend in contemporary, uh, in contemporary conflicts that we've been grappling with. 
And this, I mean, this is not only something that, that hospitals suffer from, it's, uh, it's what, I mean, p- people that live through uh, conflicts are experiencing, the, the wars fought with, with very little limits or very little regard for, for human life uh, infrastructure. Of course. Um, and then at the same time, we're seeing this kind of layers of siege. So the, the, the nature of war uh, has, has certain very concerning characteristics. And then the, the way in which people are, are, being, uh, are being trapped under siege, whether it's in Syria, whether it's the closure of borders uh, around the country, and whether it's getting to Europe uh, in terms of fortress Europe that's, that's come up. So you have these multiple layers of, of siege. And so that's where I think what was, what was great with the discussions that we had uh, last week was the, the thread that could be drawn between, on the one hand, a humanitarian system that's, that's, uh, that's in a, to a large extent failing mm-hmm. uh, to, to deliver, uh, health care and health provision that is left on the front lines coming mm-hmm. under attack mm-hmm. increasingly, people getting trapped in layers of siege mm-hmm. uh, and the mobility being restricted through different policies of state. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately the, the final discussion that we had in terms of the emerging medical needs that that's right. resulting in. Um, mm-hmm. And then how do we, the question then is, is how do we respond to that considering all of these, okay. all of these, uh, these components. And that was where I think the conference led to some exciting future collaborations, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about so later. So did you guys come up with uh, future plans in order to tackle these issues you just spoke about? Can you give us a sample about what is possible, for instance, and what is impossible but could be possible? Sure. Uh, well, I think one of the, 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 the first attempts was, that, was to begin to think uh, about linking at least the local academic practitioner communities with the humanitarian, with the humanitarian interventions. And I think it, does, it would not be... Uh, the best group that is, you know, at least for us as, as people who are thinking and working on these issues uh, to partner with, I mean, the, main, the, the best people to partner with were uh, uh, Doctors Without Borders, partly because of their flexibility uh, in, in reflecting on their own kind of issues that are facing mm-hmm. and not really necessarily uh, having a... Um, uh, a kind of a strict agenda that is coming from above. You know, it's an organization that has mm-hmm. managed to reinvent itself mm-hmm. uh, throughout the years. So that is for us, at least, uh, as, as kind of people who are living in the region, who are dealing with these issues on everyday basis, is something very useful because it, it opens up a new way of dealing. Also, as an <coughs> academic, don't yes. you feel like you have a more of a role to play or responsibility, actually, to be involved socially? Because... We don't see much of the academics involved in such field, and this is why this in, indeed, is indeed, I think I think there has been a kind of a, a, a complicity in mm-hmm. of, of in, in, in academia in certain mm-hmm. ways that have been uh, mostly working as almost tr- cultural translators for the uh, NGO world, for the humanitarian uh, organizations. A lot of people have uh, defined their research around uh, NGO funding and and the kind of uh, rapid assessment uh, research that is done in, uh, in, in this part of among the refugees. And one of the ironies is that, you know, at least for the Syrian presence in Lebanon, and suddenly we used to talk about the Syrians here in Lebanon mm-hmm. as labor, uh, laborers and people working mm-hmm. in, the, mm-hmm. in the industry, and now we talk about them as refugees. I mean, yes, there's a whole set of that, but there has been 1.4 million Syrians in Lebanon back in the 1990s. So... 
and now we have 1.5 million Syrians. So, you know, what happens at some point where the Syrian becomes a uh, just a refugee without that kind of history? So, so I think these are questions, at least in, in, critical, in critical thinking, critical academic work begins to ask these questions because we need to ground this kind of thing in at least two directions. One is, a, is an understanding of history. Secondly, is a secondly is a is a is, a, is an academic, and as you said, the so the responsibility. As for me, I'm not just a, a researcher. I used to be a physician, or at least I'm still a physician in many okay. ways, okay. or a doctor. That I feel have I have a certain kind of responsibility to respond to not necessarily just the individual ailment, more to more of, of a social ailment. Of course. Uh, so uh, so the the other part of it is how then we can move beyond this idea of a response of a putting a band aid into building. Maybe we can think about these conflicts as being something productive for the future and creating an infrastructure for a better for better better societies. You know, how do we be, take it beyond the 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 aid and the survival and the saving mm-hmm. lives mm-hmm. into building infrastructures for the future where societies will have to deal with. Uh, reconciliation, mm-hmm. we'll have to deal with post-conflict kind of uh, 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 rebuilding of their own societies. Mm-hmm. How do we begin from now? Not necessarily have this international uh, fluffy language sometimes on these issues, but really be um, uh, having the, the real grounding in social sciences and historical analysis. And this is where the academic role comes in, mm-hmm. is yes. to give you a, a better picture, a better understanding of what has been going on and how this region works, what's the dynamics of uh, of uh, of uh, of these societies that are changing so rapidly. So the issue again also is that as a civilian institution, as an academic institution located in the region, uh, we are part of the issue because we at the hospital deal with patients coming in from Iraq, injured patients, let's say from war, coming from Iraq, from Syria, from Lebanon, from different parts of the world. We deal with crises of health that happen in the region because of the conflict. So in a way, we're already part of it. I don't think the idea that you are just an intellectual and an an ivory tower could happen if you're maybe sitting in the United States and work on the Middle East. But at least for us, the grounding in the region uh, gives us a uh, more legitimacy, but also a better knowledge about what is going on and how to address them. Mm-hmm. So I think there is a need also for academics to begin to <clears throat> find find a, a more independent voice that uh, is not necessarily linked to these, these funding agendas, but actually create your own agenda where, where what you see, what, what you're talking about is actually much more relevant and mm-hmm. much more... Um, uh, meaningful on the long term. Mm-hmm. I think that is that is one of the things that, at least as in our work, that what we what we're trying to put forward. Is that new for you guys? I think no. What's what's interesting with that is the. I mean, this is exactly where I think the thinking and the and the and the reflection on these issues needs to be happening um, close to the close to the real issues that are that are unfolding. Um, but also acknowledging and realizing where the different added value is of different different players. I think the risk is that what's often happened is what Omar has just described in terms of the thinking and, and reflection about uh, this work has become very NGOized mm. by mm. Uh, organizations that are often operating from afar, 
um, or when they are operating here, come with uh, an agenda of, of the donors that, that back them. So, for example, we see it very clearly with the refugee crisis, the, the agenda of donors in the European Union, for example, in funding the refugee response in this region is about controlling mobility. It's mm. not about mm. uh, necessarily responding to directly to needs. It's about it's about setting the limits on keep the them away from us exactly. basically <laughs> so i think there's a there's a role and even as msf we we need to also acknowledge where our added value is into this thinking and where the limits are mm. of what we yeah, uh, exactly. what we offer because mm. we can we can also as a medical ngo fall into the trap of seeing the patient void of their political environment right, and context right right, right. Uh, which is dangerous and we can we can unknowingly in the in, in our response to immediate needs emergency needs because that's what msf does mm. I mean, we, we're an emergency medical okay. organization so the immediate addressing the immediate needs can't happen void of of the political reality of, of, uh, of the patient and that's where creating alliances creating uh, creating connections and and uh, uh, yeah, partnerships with others that are are thinking about these issues uh, and that are much more legitimate to be thinking about these issues. Mm -hmm. uh, to mm -hmm. be very frank, is important for for us as an organisation, and it's important for us working on these issues. So I think MSF can bring things to the discussion, but it also needs to know its limitations, and uh, and I think that's an important part of of these kinds of of discussions. But definitely, there's a need. Mm -hmm. Uh, to to yeah to repoliticize some of these issues of I course, think yeah. in a way that's uh, medical issues that that are not that are not just the patient void of any other uh, environmental factors in reality. Totally, 